All right, well, let me just start by saying I'm thankful that we still have one holy lamb that will still wash away every sin, no matter where we've done, where we've been, what we've done, or what our past may hold. I'm thankful that we still have the blood of Jesus Christ that will cleanse every sin. And I'm unashamed to say that it's only through and by the Lord Jesus Christ that we can have salvation. I know it wasn't live, but still a great message to the song. And I want to say I appreciate the church having me this evening. Appreciate Brother Boots, um, Pastor Boots, excuse me, um, inviting us to come preach for him. I told him we wanted just to drop in and just uh, say hello, see how everything's going, because we we visited last summer and it's been a while since we've been up here. And he, he said, "Well, will you preach for me?" And I was like, "Well, you know, sure. I mean, not the reason I was coming, but sure, we'll be glad to." And I sure am thankful for this opportunity, brother. I don't take it lightly. But if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to First Kings chapter number seventeen, and we'll. We might be in a familiar passage. I'd say for most we probably will be. 1 Kings chapter number 17. And brother, if there's any way you can turn the monitor down on me, I, I despise hearing myself because I feel like my voice sounds terrible anyways. So, But anyways, all right. 1 Kings chapter number 17. I want to read several verses, and I, I just want to share my heart with you and just share what God has given to us, I believe, for this for this day and for this hour, but First Kings chapter number 17, verse number 8 is where I want to begin reading, and I'm going to wait till I hear pages stop flipping, First right. Kings chapter 17, verse number 8, the Bible said, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, now this is unto Elijah, we'll look at that in a moment, arise, get thee to Zarephath which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, I like what verse number 10 says. Now, this isn't the message, but this is a good principle. God gives a word to the prophet, to the man of God. At verse number 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath. Would to God that when God gives us a word that we wouldn't be, well, Lord, what do you think about this? Are you sure? We just do. We just do what God has for us. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Notice her response. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Verse 13, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and make and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the word to the saying of Elijah. Amen. She did what the Lord had spoken to her through Elijah, and she did and she and he and her house did eat many days, the Bible said, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. 
Now let's pray, and we're just going to dig into the thought that the Lord's laid on our heart for this evening. Father, I sure do love you. Lord, I count it an honor, a privilege, and a blessing to be able to be here in this place. Lord, this, this young church that you've set on the side of the road here in, um, in Virginia, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the testimony of, of this church, thankful for the souls that I've just heard a few moments ago that are being reached through this ministry. Lord, I thank you for the pastor, Pastor Boots, and Lord, his desire and burden for these people. Lord, I thank you for the good number here in the house of the Lord tonight. We give you the praise for those that are here, and Lord, I pray for those that are sick. But God, I pray for just a few minutes. Lord, would you help me to get out of the way? There's nothing that I can say that's going to be a help to anybody that's here. But Lord, only from your word are we going to get any help. Help me, I pray, Father, to convey the message and the, the thought that you've laid on our heart. And Lord, I pray you'd help us to be obedient to your word. And Lord, I pray above all, I pray if there's one soul here that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that today would be the day they trust you before it's too late. Lord, we love you. We sure do thank you again for all you do for us, Father. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So just by way of introduction to kind of get us thinking in the right direction, I want to kind of start off with just a basic illustration or whatever you want to think of, whatever you want to call it. Now as a kid, and I'm going to, we're going to bring it full circle in just a minute, as a kid, there were many times that if I could have learned one lesson and done this thing, then I, I would have saved myself a lot of heartache, a lot of whoopings, as they said growing up. Um, if I'd have just learned this one basic principle. And now it's a very simple concept, but yet from the youngest of us to the oldest of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we still all struggle with this thing. And it's the principle, the concept of obedience. And see, the thing is, is that I know this is going to come as a shock to you, but as, as for illustration's sake, as a young boy, my mom would tell me, hey, you know, it'd be Christmas time, and they would make Christmas cookies, and, and oh, I loved cookies. You can't tell that, but I loved cookies, and my mom would say, no, 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 no cookies before dinner, and, you know, me being the genius that I was, I, I would sneak a cookie and clean off all the crumbs, and man, I, I've got it in the bag, but I would forget to seal the container, so then I would still get caught anyways, or mom would seemingly know exactly the number of cookies, and I would get in trouble because I wasn't obedient to my mom, and the simple thing of just wait till after supper to eat the cookie. Now, there was a punishment for me disobeying her. But in like manner, when it comes to the things of God, there's a lot of times we invite the chastening of the Lord when we're disobedient to Him. But I'm thankful by contrast, while there is chastening for disobeying the Word of God, there is blessing for obeying, for being obedient to God and His Word. And that's what I want to preach on for just a few moments on the blessings of obedience. Now, by way, by just a little background so we know what's going on, I, I will be honest with you, this, I, I have not, I've never preached this text before, but one of the main characters, or not characters, one of the main figures in the, word, in the scripture here is the man Elijah. Now, he's one of my heroes in the scripture. Now, everybody has people that they look up to, but James chapter 5 talks about how he was a man of like passions, like as we are. I mean, he, he was, we see that he called fire down from heaven, and we see that the Lord used him to bring about this miracle for the widow, as we're talking about in a second. He was just an everyday person. Because in eight, chapter 18 of 1 Kings, he's, call, he's praying fire down from heaven. Wow, unbelievable. But, but then in chapter number 19, he's so discouraged, he's so beaten down, he's just like you and us, you and I. But I want to give you just a little background as to what's going on. So in the text here, 
If you back up just a little bit in chapter number 16, this, at this time period, the nation of Israel is already divided into the northern and southern kingdoms, the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. Now, God is dealing with Israel in this, in this portion, and the king that's sitting on the throne at this point in time, you can look back at chapter 16, verse number uh, 29 is where he first is mentioned, but the king that's sitting on the throne is wicked King Ahab. Now, God has a lot of things to say about Ahab, and as you read through the book of Kings and Chronicles, so on and so forth, God almost always gives a little snippet as to, as I'm going to say, as to how they're characterized. Now, sometimes some of the kings, like Josiah or Hezekiah, they were known, they, the scripture would say that, and they did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. But then we have, sadly, more kings than not that something similar to what's said about Ahab is said. Verse 30 of chapter 16 said, And Ahab the son of Omri did that which did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. This man that's ruling on the throne in, in, uh, in Israel and out of the um, capital of Samaria, he's, he's the most evil king up to this point. He, the scripture said that he was so wicked, so vile, that he made, he made it a light thing to walk after the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Now, Jeroboam was the first king of Israel, of the northern kingdom of Israel, and he's the one that set up the, the golden calves, one in Bethel, one in Dan, and he caused the people to follow after, follow after these pagan false gods. And I say all that to say to paint the picture as to what's going on. The days in which... Elijah and this widow woman that they're living in are dark days. They're living in dark, dangerous days. You see later on that it's a dangerous thing to be a prophet for the Lord in these days. The, the queen Jezebel later on would seek the life of Elijah. It's a dangerous, dark, sin-filled day. But I'm thankful that God still take care, takes care of his own. In verse number 1, we see Elijah comes on the scene. And God has a word for wicked king Ahab. God, said, God sends the man of God, sends his servant to tell the king, hey, listen, because of your sin, there's not going to be any more dew or rain until I say so, basically. Now, we don't know according to this passage of Scripture, but James chapter 5 tells us that it was three and a half years that there was that they went without dew or rain. Now imagine for just a moment, I know all of us have seen droughts in our day, We've seen, whether it's a few weeks or a few months, but imagine years and years on end without a drop of rain, without dew. They're living in dark, difficult days. God then sends Elijah down to the brook of Cherith because God's going to provide for the man of God. God's going to take care of him and meet all of his needs, and God's going to feed him by the ravens, and he's going to drink of the brook. But then... Leading up to where we're at here in our text for today, there comes a point in time in verse number 7 that he, above, he was at the river for a period of time, but the time came where the river dried up and because there had been no, no rain in the land. And then God has a word for him. God says, hey, listen, Jer not Jeremiah, sorry, different point in time. Elijah, I need you to go to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, he said, Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So go on into the land of Zidon, into the city of Zarephath. There's a widow woman there. I've provided the, rave, the ravens have brought you food, have brought you bread and flesh in the morning and evening every day. I've been faithful, up to you, faithful to you for, through this point. I've, you've, been, you've been given water through the brook. Now the brook, I know your situation. Now the brook has run dry. 
But I want you to go down, go up to Zarephath. There's a widow woman there that I'm going to use to sustain thee. So verse number 10, so he arose, went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the woman, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, the first, what I want to begin with, verse, uh, notice number one, the overwhelming petition. Verse number 10 again, so he arose, he went to Zarephath, Elijah has obeyed the word of God, and he went and came to the gate of the city. He sees the woman as he approaches the gate, he sees the widow woman there, the, it said the widow woman, that's the one, was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, hey, fe- hey widow woman, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, this is a peculiar request to me. Now, normally, there, there would be nothing abnormal about this at all. Because, I mean, here's a man that's been traveling. He's asked for some water. Later on, he'll ask for some food. But the reason it's kind of a difficult request, Brother Boots, is there's a drought going on. Imagine imagine how many miles the the man of God may have traveled to get to Zarephath. And hearing, no doubt, the crunch of the grass beneath his feet... And looking as he's traveling, the trees that are withered, the plants that are drying out because the scripture said it had been a while since there had been rain. And now here comes the man of God, who's, by the way, living in the same world that this widow woman is. And he says, hey, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water. Now, she complies. The scripture said, And as she was going to fetch it. So she went to do this thing. But imagine the difficulty of this request. You know, sometimes we hear something or we're told something from the Lord. And just by way of application, we're told something from the Lord. And we almost, or at least I do, man, I'm just unspiritual. That's all it is. We, we, We listen to something the Lord has for us. He said, hey, I want you to do this thing. And I want to say, Lord, do you not know, like, what's going on here? Because imagine... Here's the man of God coming. Hey, I need some water. Well, congratulations. We all need water. But no. She goes to, she goes to try to meet this difficult risk request. But see, this, this is difficult, a difficult request, but it's not overwhelming at this point. Notice as it continues on, verse 10. So he rose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel. Normally, no, no, nothing odd there. He's been journeying, no doubt needs some water. But then it says, And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Oh, by the way, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Oh, she's already she, she's going to do this thing, going to get him some water. She's on the way to bring him some water. And the man of God hollers out to her, Hey, by the way, bring me one of those yeast rolls too while you're at it. But then she stops. And no doubt, as soon as, she, as, soon as it rang in her eardrum, the request, man, I mean, the water was one thing. But man of God, don't you, don't you understand how difficult what you're asking is? The water was hard, but now this thing is overwhelming. Because, he, because, you know, this is a widow woman, remember. In those days, the, the men would have been the primary income for the family. 
So she already is, is going to be at a disadvantage because she doesn't have someone that's bringing in, bringing in the income. But imagine now, because of this great famine, because of this drought that's going on, imagine how scarce supplies. Imagine how scarce food's going to be. Imagine the price. I mean, oh, we get to talking about price of things, but anyways, I definitely won't get spiritual if we're talking about that. But imagine for a minute, she's, she's going, and she, she's, she hears this request, hey, I need something to eat too. Man, I don't have, I don't have all this. I, do you understand the situation? There, nobody, everybody's crops are failing. We barely have any water as it is. The, the streams in our village have dried up, much like the brook of Cherith. All these things, the request, the thing you're asking of me is overwhelming. You know what? Many times in life, the Lord, He asks us of things that we want to say, Lord, I, I don't think you get what I'm going through. I don't think you understand the difficulty of what you're asking of me. But you know what? Can I just say that it's in those times when we've exhausted all of our resources. It's in those times that God wants to do something great. Let's continue on. We're seeing the overwhelming petition. We, I can just hear the, I can just see the look on her face as, as she turns to get ready to say verse number 12. You asked about the water, but now you want a meal too. Verse number 12, we see the overwhelming petition, but notice with me the overloading problem. And he said, as the Lord thy, excuse me, and she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel. I imagine, you know, however big this barrel was, and she said, you're asking for bread just for you, and all, and I, all I've got is this. I've got this measly amount, this meager supply. She said, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a, in a cruise. And behold, she said, and listen, here's the thing, man of God. I mean, I, I, I don't have this cake that you're, you're asking for. I don't have this morsel of bread. All I got is a little bit of meal and just a little bit of, of oil in a cruise. And by the way, when you came into town, you saw me gathering these sticks. Notice what she said. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son. She said, you saw me gathering those sticks together. I'm getting ready to make me and my son. We're going to use this little bit of oil that's left in this, container, this cruise here. I'm going to take this handful of meal. I'm going to go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Look at this, look at this hopeless situation. Because it's already been... She's already living in dark, difficult, dangerous days. Supply seems low. Things, no doubt, are out the roof as far as price and even the availability's sake. Then the man of God comes into town, and no doubt she, she would want to do this thing for him to try to provide the water because she went, and then to provide the bread, and she just can't do it. She said, she, she, she hears the overwhelming petition, and then she begins to explain to him, Man of God, this is, this is a problem. Here's the problem. She said, I have not a cake. Here's, here's, this is all I've got. I've got a handful of meal and a little oil and a cruise. And I'm going to gather two sticks to go, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. She said, I'm going to prepare for me and my son our last meal because all hope 
boots has run out. You know, this is a sad, sad predicament that she's found herself in. She wants to do something, but she's come to find she's come to the place that I can't do it. I I've come to my wits end. I might could have made the water happen, but then to hear and some bread. Well, I don't have a cake. All I got is this, this little bit of meal, this little bit of oil. And I and the, and when you came into town, man of God, I was preparing those things so that me and my son we could just eat one last meal and be ready just to call it quits. You know what? How many times in life? If we're just honest with ourselves, it's easy to get beat down by the things of life. It's easy to get hit by wave after wave after wave. Living in this sinful world is difficult enough. We do not agree. But then the Lord allows this trial to happen. The Lord allows this difficulty to come our way. The Lord allows this to happen. And we, I mean, we all know the Lord allows these things to happen. He allows these things to come our way. We think about Job. And here, the Lord has allowed this, the Lord has actually sent the man of God to her to bring about this situation. But she said, I got a problem. I've got an overloading problem. I can't provide for you, me, and my son. The overwhelming petition has become the overloading problem. But I'm glad that verse number 12 is not the end of this chapter. Because see, how, how, how disappointing, how, how sad if the very last thing that was said about this situation was, was her response to the man of God asking for some water and then some food to be this. As the Lord thy God liveth, I have no, not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. What, imagine if that was the end of it. We would say, well, the Lord, the Lord failed the man of God, Elijah. And the Lord failed this woman too. Because this woman had, was who God had appointed for, to take care of the man of God. We, if, it was, if it ended there, we would say, well, God failed right there. But I'm thankful that, I don't know about y'all's Bible. I'm just messing with you. We got King James Bible. Verse, we have verse number 13. We see the overwhelming Petition. We see the overloading problem. But I'm thankful that it doesn't end there. That in verse number 13, we see the overcoming promise. Verse number 13, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. You know what? Many times in life, just like Jesus walking on the sea, or just like when he was in the boat and the storm was raging for the disciples, and he said, No, be not afraid. The spirit-filled man of God, his first response to her problem was, hey, don't sweat this thing. Don't fear. It doesn't, it's not as bad as you might think it is. Now, it's bad, but there is a good side. There is a promise that he's getting ready to make. He said, hey, fear not. You know what? I don't know what anybody's going through. I'll be honest with you, other than this third row and a few of these other ones in here, I don't even know some of y'all's names. But I will tell you this. God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're dealing with. He knows the very intimate details of this dark, difficult, dangerous, sinful world we're living in. And you know what he still says? Hey, fear not. 
He says, fear not. He said, what did he say in 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 7? For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hey, listen, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, fear not. That's, let me just say that first off. Fear not. He said, fear not. Go and do as thou hast said. Go make that cake. Make, take that little bit of meal. Take that little bit of oil in a cruise and make that cake. But notice this. But make me therefore a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and for thy son. Now, how peculiar. It almost could seem like, well, man, why aren't you a selfish guy? The man of God's got to get his bread, got to get his food, make sure he's eating. God forbid that, that uh, any, any widows or any, you know, miss out on their meal, but at least the man of God got his bread, right? No, no, no. He says, hey, fear not. Do exactly like you said, but bring it to me. How many times in life does God say, hey, listen, the thing you're doing, what we're doing, we're doing a good work. Continue what you're doing. And then when, you, when you've got to that last bit of where it's not gonna, we're not going to make ends meet or we're not going to be able to make it work, just give it to Him. Give it to Him. Because, you know, you know what I can do with a little bit of meal and an oil, and oil, oil whatever? I can make oily meal. <laughs> and that's going to be about it. And I'd probably get the, the bark off the sticks in the meal and mess it all up. It'd be a disaster. But thankfully, we can give it to the Lord. We can give what little we have to the Lord and rest assured knowing that He's going to take care of it. He said, hey, listen, do what you said you're going to do, but then bring it to me. Verse number 14, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Now let me tell you, when God says something, that's totally different than if I say something. Or if your pastor says something. Now you need to respect what your pastor says. You get that part. But man, he's just a man. I'm just a younger man. We're just people. But when God says something, man, you can hang your hat on it. You can rest assured knowing that this is how it's going to be. Verse number 14, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall waste. Is that what y'all says? Shall not waste. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. Hey, listen. I know that all those numbers are all that measuring out of, man, I think this will last however many days. I know it doesn't seem like it's going to crunch right to you. But listen, you do what God's told you to do. You, you bring that meal to me. And then you go back and you make it for yourself. God has said, not me, not you know the king, but God has said, that it's not going to waste and it's not going to fail. Now, here's the thing. She was, here's another thing. I just thought about this. She was from, from uh, Zarephath, which belonged to Zidon, or Sidon, whichever. Anyways, that's beside the point. This was not of even of Israel. This is a different area altogether. So, this is what he said. Notice what he said. As the Lord thy God, or excuse me, let me jump down, wrong verse. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Hey, this is what my God has told me to tell you. She, she's not even in, she's not in Israel. She's not, she's not one of the children of Israel at all. 
But you know what? She recognized there was something to what this man was getting ready to tell her. She recognized something, and she trusted in, in his God. She trusted in what the Lord was saying to her. And can, and can I just say, may God help us, to, I mean, as simple as this may sound, may God help us to, to trust him. Just to tr- when, the, when the man of God mounts the pulpit, and, he te- and he's preaching and teaching to you the word of God, if he's being faithful to the word, and he's, be- he's telling you what God has to say, May God help us just to trust what's said. Because here's the thing, she has a choice now. He's made a promise. There's an overcoming promise that God is going to meet every need. You are going to have enough meal. You're going to have enough oil until the day that God sends the rain. Now, we don't know how much time elapsed from verse number 1 when the drought began to verse number 7 when the brook dried up and he went to Zarephath. It could have been a year, it could have been a year and a half. I don't know how far in to the drought or the lack of rain and dew there was. But for however long, whether it was a year, a year and a half, six months, he said, listen, God is going to make this little bit and this little bit last. He's going to make it last. But now the ball has been put in her court. She has to decide, am I going to, imagine a mother now setting her child's need to the side because her child has to eat, setting her and her child's need to the side and believing God and saying, well, this is what God said. I'm going to do what he said. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to do what he said. May God help us to set aside our understanding. What is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Lean not unto... Listen, my understanding would say, well, he's going to get the one cake that she thought her and her son were going to get. But God is making a promise that he's going to provide, he's going to meet every need. She has a choice to make. You know what? Many times in our lives, God is putting forth... He's going to make a way when there seems to be no other way. He's going to provide. He's going to meet every need. We just have to trust Him. We just have to obey His Word. Now, there's many people that will miss out. Many, uh, I believe, of God's people that will miss out on the blessings of God in their life because they fail to be obedient to His Word. Because let me tell you, just as much as disobedience opens the door of the chastening of the Lord in your life, Obedience, complete and total obedience, opens the door to God's blessings in your life. Now, this is not some, you know, uh, prosperity gospel that, you know, you're going to have a great, perfect life. No, they still lived in dark, difficult, dangerous days, but God was faithful to meet every need if, if she was obedient to Him. Now, now many times in life, I'm going to be wrapping up here in just a moment. God is brought us into a situation, many times brought into a situation where it don't seem like it's going to work out. It doesn't seem like it's all going to pan out okay. But God said, hey, trust me. You do this thing. You be faithful. You you do the things that you know you're supposed to do. You do what I've told you to do in my word, and I'm going to make it all work out. Now, how he makes it all work out, there have been several times that there have been things that have worked out that only the Lord could do. I, I, I mean, I could 
give you illustration after illustration, but for time's sake, we're going to move on. But we have to be obedient to the Word of God. We will never unlock the blessings until we exercise the obedience. Notice this last thing. Verse number 13 and 14, she's given the promise. But verse number 15, we saw the overwhelming petition. We've seen the overloading problem. The overcoming promise was right there in 13, 14. But here it is, the overflowing provision in verse number 15. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat a couple days. A few days. No, many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. God came through. She trusted in the word of the Lord and God came through. You know what we say, we say many times, you know, your actions don't just affect yourself. Many times we think about bad decisions that have affected many different people. You think about drunk drivers, for example. Bad decisions that innocent lives have been killed. But you know what? On the flip side, good decisions don't just affect you. Look right, look right here. Her obedience, singular, her obedience affected her the man of God, and her house. The Bible said, and she, verse 15, and she went and did according to the, to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. So this one little bit of meal and this one little bit of oil left in the cruise, while it was just going to be enough for that last meal, that she was going to get the sticks to dress it and to eat and to die, now, because she's obeyed the word of the Lord, she, her son, the man of God, they didn't just eat one meal, but they ate for many, 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 many days. The blessings of obedience. God wants to do great things in our lives. He wants to use us mightily, but... It, he won't, and see, the thing is, we serve a great God. Do we, not, do we not serve a good God? How many times in Psalms does it say, the Lord is good for His mercy, His truth is everlasting, His mercy endureth to all generations. You know, just time and time again, the Lord is good, His mercy overflowing. I mean, I'm getting all my verses tangled up. I'm trying to think about five or six different ones at the same time. But over and over again, we're told God is good. And you know what? The God who is good to David, who said, that he'd never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And then later on, who was good to this widow woman and the man of God, Elijah? He's the same God that met the need there that we, will meet the need for you and I today. Because here's the thing. We want, do we, not, we want the blessings of God in our life. I mean, imagine, imagine trying to live life contrary and in opposition to God. There's a lot of people that are trying to do that, and it, it doesn't really pan out, Pastor, does it? But man, I want the blessings of God in my life. I want the blessings of God in your life. But here's the thing. It all hinges on obedience. Because it might not seem like it's going to work out at all. But if we'll trust the Lord, we'll be obedient to Him, He's going to meet the need. I know, I, I mean, just from the couple times we've been here and I've watched some of the live streams, I know this church is, is looking for God to do great things here and to meet needs. But you know what? God can do it. We just, this, this church, my family, our church, we have to believe God. Do what we know we're supposed to do. 
Obey him and trust him for the rest. What's the old song say? Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Listen, God's going to meet the need. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what what you may be struggling with because if we're honest with ourselves, we all have needs in our life. We all have difficulties. We're all living in this same sin-cursed earth that I'll be honest with you, I'm ready to get out of here and see Jesus. I'm waiting for him to return. But you know what? While we're here, let's believe God. Let's trust God. Let's be faithful to what he's commanded us to do. And when it comes to where the rubber meets the road, and I don't think it's all going to work out, let's believe him anyways and see him bring bring about the overflowing provisions, meeting every need because he's a good, loving, gracious God. That's true. Stand in our seats with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. You know, a lot of times this, the simplest truths often are the most profound, right? That's the basis of the Christian life is just obedience. We've got to get to the point where we just obey. When God says to do something, you just obey. And, and that's the hardest part, but it's the simplest part at the same time. And it's, uh, it's one of those, like you mentioned at the very beginning, it's, it's one that it's almost so simple you feel like you don't even need to say it. But then on the other hand... Needs to be said over and over and over because we forget it so often. And uh, good, good reminder, good truth, and a good message. Father, we thank you for the message tonight. I thank you for the way that you uh, <clears throat> continually remind us of how we can have your blessings in our lives. And God, I pray that you'd help us to just follow, obey, trust you, have faith that you can do great and mighty things through us. And as we, even as the message this morning, that's what the message this morning was all about, is just the fact that you want to use us and you will if we'd be willing to obey and follow and to trust you and have faith to believe that you can do great things through us. God, I pray that you would just continue to use the message to speak to our hearts. And I pray that you would uh, just just, uh, bless the time of invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.